Hello, and welcome to today's podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Bryan, and today we're going to be discussing um, the downfall of baby as a result of being motherless in Heather O'Neill's Lullabies for Little Criminals. So, I found this book really captivating, um, and I chose to analyze it using feminist literary theory, so I viewed it from a feminist perspective, just because I thought it was the most applicable. Um, But what I found was that the protagonist of the story, Baby, really doesn't shine a great light on women in general. Um, And it kind of left me wondering, like, why does Baby act the way she does? And, like, is there a reason why she ends up living such a, a horrific life by the end of the story? And I found that actually, yeah, there is. Um, if you think about it for a moment, there's kind of three main, I don't know if you could call them events, maybe happenings, um, that occur in the story that result in her kind of ultimate despair. Um, so the first is that baby, uh, she's actually, the only time we ever really see her as happy and stable is when she's living in the foster home because she's got Isabel as a mother figure. And then the second event is that as baby grows up and she matures into a young woman, uh, her and Jules are less able to relate to each other and so they they drift apart, which is really big for baby because that relationship's something that she's always been able to count on. Um, and then the third event, uh, which is going to sound kind of kind of funny, I'm sure, but bear with me, it'll make sense later, uh, is that she really clings to anyone who shows any sign of having some sort of maternal quality, or at least her perception of a maternal quality. Um, and that's what keeps her so attached to Alphonse, even though he treats her so horribly. So... These points led me to one conclusion, which was the absence of a mother figure in baby's life is what leads her to eventual misery and the struggle to reinvent herself. So basically, what we find out in the the event at the foster home is that baby needs a mother for her well-being. Um, when she's living in the foster home, she really comes to like Isabel, not necessarily all the time. Um, She's not always a fan of Isabel, but generally speaking, she sees Isabel kind of as a mother figure for her, um, despite the fact they've only known each other for for a couple of months. Um, But Isabel puts a lot of effort into taking care of all the kids. She really does love them, and Baby picks up on this pretty quickly. Um, It's kind of bizarre if you think about it, but the the story covers baby from age 11 to 13 basically um and this actually seems like the the point in those years where baby's at her her happiest where she's the most whole i think um and it's kind of all downhill from here to be honest um because this is this is just the one time where she gets the taste of of a, what a real mother would be like. She has someone who 
genuinely displays motherly characteristics. So anyway, when Jules has to pick up Baby to take her back to Montreal, Baby describes her exit uh, by saying, Isabel walked me out, her arm squeezing me to her side. For a second, I wasn't sure whether I wanted her to let me go. Isabel was very good at making me not worry about things. So this statement is really important for a couple reasons, and we're going to break it down. So in the, the first part, it acknowledges uh, the love that Isabel has for Baby, uh, which comes across through her refusal to let go of the little girl. And we also get to see Baby's newfound love for Isabel, because when Baby first came to the foster home, all she could think about was getting to go and be back with Jules. But now that Jules is there, he's, he's right in front of her. She can, she can go and, and see him. She, she's not sure she wants to. She's, she's kind of wanting Isabel to keep a hold on her. And I think that's because she, whether, whether or not she consciously does, she realizes that, that Isabel is, is like a mother to her. It's the closest thing she'll ever get to a mother. Um, and she doesn't want to let go of that because she's really enjoyed just having as close to a normal family as she'll get over the last few months. So, yeah, we get to see that Baby really bonds with Isabel over her stay at the foster home. And then in the final sentence, uh, we get to see the, the stability that Isabel provides for Baby. Because Baby's only 12, but she is troubled with a whole bunch of adult burdens um, that Jules won't man up and, and deal with. So... She really does enjoy the break that she gets when she's living in the foster home. She doesn't have to worry about money, her dad's drugs, like any of that stuff. She just gets to be a normal 12-year-old who gets to play with the other kids. And Isabel takes care of her. She she gets taken care of for once. Um, and then by grasping all of this, the audience can really understand that baby's peace of mind and happiness are entirely dependent on having a mother figure present to guide her and relieve her from stress. Because the moment that she's out of there, so's her, her, her good vibes. So the next point is that Baby's relationship with Jules um, after he returns from rehab uh, proves that Baby's deterioration occurs because she does not have a mother figure in her life. So at this point, Baby's turning into a young woman. Uh, she's, you know, not a, not a baby anymore. Um, and she's, she's maturing both, both mentally and physically. And Jules does not like that. Uh, when, when the two of them started living together again, their relationship changed. It changed drastically. Uh, Jules really despises baby it seems like at this point in the story and the more she grows into this young woman the angrier he seems to get with her and this really really takes a toll on baby because her relationship with Jules is the only thing she's been able to count on over the years he told her specifically at one point in the story I think to turn her back on everyone except him. And now he's turning her back on her. So you can just imagine how, how horrible that would be for her. 
And you can't help but feel horrible upon reading things like, then one night when I went to the bathroom, I realized that I had my period. I didn't even want to tell Jules at first. I thought that it would separate us even more. There were some advantages of getting older that Jules didn't care for. So, Baby is so petrified of ruining her relationship with Jules that she is trying to take any any sense of femininity and just just shove it down. She just wants to hide it um, because she doesn't want her dad to stop liking her. And this kind of initiates the downward spiral that Baby gets caught in uh, for the duration of the book. Um, and I think that if Baby had a ma- mom, or at least just a mother figure, to discuss these sort of topics with, then she probably wouldn't end up as mes- as miserable as she does. And she she would probably be able to rekindle her relationship with her dad, uh, but instead she's forced to just wallow in hatred for herself and her physical growth and desperately try to grab onto the coattails of a relationship that's just rapidly disintegrating. So then my third point is that Baby's unbending devotion to Alphonse occurs because she adopts him as her mother figure. And I know that sounds kind of silly because it's like, well, he's this big burly pimp and no way that he could be a mom, but hear me out. Yes, he is nothing at all like a mom. However, he fits baby's perception of a mom because you've got to keep in mind she's never had one before. Well, she did, but she doesn't remember ever having one. And so, you know, he showers her in presents. He gives her lots of food, good food too. Uh, He gives her a roof over her head when she needs it. Whatever she wants, he he will provide it. And that's what she thinks a mother is. That's all she thinks a mother is, basically. And so she sees these surface-level qualities, and she thinks she's got the real deal. So she clings on to Alphonse with everything she's got because she does not want to lose this mother figure. She, she believes that he is a mother figure. And, you know, when you try to think about it from her perspective, it actually it does make, make sense that she would think that. Um, so, kind of surprisingly, even she's aware of the maternal pedestal that she places Alphonse upon, um, and she recognizes that when Alphonse came into my life, it strangely felt a little bit like he was a mother figure. Every good pimp is a mother. And that's from page 186. So, Baby lets Alphonse into her life really quickly, and he purposely takes on this role that she's given him so that she can so or sorry so that he can manipulate her into working for him and doing what he wants and because he provides her with this mother like presence that she desperately wants to have she allows him to do horrible things like abuse her or force her into prostitution because she doesn't want to lose who she kind of sees in a way as her mom. So, you know, you could argue that, like, no way girls would actually fall vi- victim to that 
sort of thing. Like, that, that's, this, this is ridiculous. But believe it or not, this is like, an, a, from what I can tell, a popular way for pimps to get new girls. They'll find someone vulnerable and they will figure out what's missing and then they'll they'll offer that to them. They're they're basically offering the world to these girls and these girls don't know any better than to accept because you know, it sounds like they're they're getting offered like their wildest hopes and dreams. Who wouldn't turn that or who wouldn't accept that? You'd never turn that down. So anyway, considering um that as well, that underage prostitution has been on the rise in Montreal, which is where the book's set, uh, with the growth of the tourist industry there. It's no surprise that this story was written. It's not a stretch. This is the story that is happening right now. I mean, not specifically this story, but you get what I mean. Like, there are underage ch- children, underage girls who are working as sex workers on the streets and that's just really horrible but that's just kind of the world that we live in I guess um so the events of the book especially those regarding baby's position as a prostitute are all just extremely plausible like I said um and Alphonse attacks baby's vulnerability and uses his position to force her into working for him, drawing her back in whenever she starts to resent him. Because she does start to resent him, but you'll notice any time she tries to stick up for herself, she's right back over at his place, like, maximum a couple of days later. So, he obviously uses his power in their relationship to encourage her to do horrible things and this leads to some of her worst decisions which you know include but are not limited to uh, having sex with adult men for money and also developing a heroin addiction because um, you know I just think that those are probably not the best things for 13 year olds to be doing um, but anyway I just think that if baby had a decent mother figure in the first place then there's no way she would have wound up in in life working as a, a sex worker at all because it just it never would have occurred to her to pursue something so dank and disgusting if she'd had a mom to kind of show her the way. Um, so I think that, that mothers or at least maternal figures, I don't think you, you have to have a mom, just someone who kind of acts like a mom. Um, I don't think, or I do think that they're a necessary part of the lives of children, especially female children. Um, and baby's devastating collapse into a life of despair and unhappiness is caused directly by the lack of maternal presence in her life. Um, she really, she does need a maternal figure, which is made very clear. And when she has one, she's super happy with her life and She's super pleased to be able to be with Isabel. Um, And she even achieves that sense of stability that I talked about, which we never see again for the rest of the book. Um, As well, a mother figure to help her 
through the experiences that a young woman begins to embark upon through adolescence, I think that having that mom there would have really helped her out as well since Jules clearly could not care less about her. And I think that Baby just just needs literally anyone else than Alphonse. Just a better mother figure than Alphonse. Because that, that's just the worst. Um, and, you know, even though it does occur frequently, uh, you have to wonder how a person could see a, a pimp as a, a loving and a caring parent. But, you know, there are people out there that do because... That's how they, they lure him in. But anyway, because Baby's lack of a mother plays such a crucial role in the story, I think it's really, really necessary to analyze lullabies for little criminals using feminist literary theory, because you'd miss so much if you didn't. And this type of analysis can produce essential information, and I just think it, it shouldn't go overlooked, and it cannot go overlooked. All right, so... Thank you for listening. That is the end of my podcast. Uh, I would like to thank my sources, I guess. Uh, The book that I read was Heather O'Neill's Lullabies for Little Criminals. Um, And then the additional sources that I used were A Pimp's Playbook, How a Former Pimp Talked His Way into Women's Lives by Taylor, uh, sorry if I butchered the last name, Mirfen Dureski. And Montreal is a destination for child sexual exploitation, international study says, uh, by Stringer from the Montreal Gazette. Uh, If you go onto my portfolio, which I'm assuming you're already there if you're listening to this podcast, you can find my Works Cited page. Uh, There's links to the, the two online articles that I use there if you'd like to check them out. And if you want to read Lullabies for Little Criminals, I'd highly recommend it. I'm sure you could get it at any local bookstore. It's a a pretty big deal. Anyway, thank you for listening. Bye-bye.